The Building Freedom Podcast is created by Randy Stambry, the founder and chief inspirational officer of Four Level Coach. Randy is a best-selling author with 25 years of real-world experience and a load of personal and business development. He will be sharing the tools, strategies, and mindsets to help you overcome the most difficult roadblocks. Discover how you can transform your life and your business for greater freedom. Hey, good day, everyone, and welcome. It's Randy Stanbury with the Building Freedom Podcast, and I am with Four Level Coach. Uh, today, I have an extremely interesting uh, guest with us that I felt uh, was critical to uh, bring to our audience, um, and that is Dr. Todd McAllister, the co-founder of Fountain Life. Uh, the other founders with Todd is uh, Bob Harari who is the CEO of, uh, also CEO of Cellularity. Uh, we also have Peter Diamandis and the famous uh, Tony Robbins, who is also a founder of this business. And when I, you know, you, you, you put these ex- extraordinary brains and minds together, um, there's some, the outcome is some pretty interesting uh, things that I know that we need to get uh, chatting about on this podcast. So, We'll get started, Todd. Uh, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Hi, good morning, Randy. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, Todd, you tell us a bit about more about or get to into some depth about uh, Fountain Life, uh, why it exists. Uh, you know why uh, you know guys like Peter Diamandis and Tony, um, you know, partnered up with you guys to make this happen. So Fountain, very simply put, is an aging and longevity company. We are trying to not only improve our clients' lifespan, but perhaps more importantly, improve their health span. And what that really means, and I suppose the reason why your listeners should be interested, is the the promise of Fountain Life is, what if we can increase by five years the, the number of years that you can earn an income? What if we can delay the onset of Alzheimer's disease and maintain cognition? Uh, what if we can maintain your independence so that you can live at home an extra five years or 10 years? Uh, so we'll get into the science behind all of that. But at the end of the day, uh, Fountain was founded, uh, as you said, by Tony, Peter, Bob, and myself to help deliver on this vision of let's shift healthcare to a proactive model and in doing so try to uh, increase uh, our clients' health span. Yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense to not be reactive in, in health and take care of problems that exist, but why don't we stop them from existing in the first place? Um, yeah, Randy, I mean, it's, we talk all the time about preventative maintenance or preventative medicine in, in almost every field, right? Even in your own field, it's let's take care of the construction before it's falling down. That, that makes obvious sense. And everybody, uh, you know, goes out and paints their house before the siding falls off. It's utterly remarkable that we have a healthcare system that, in fact, is really a sick care system. You yes. walk into your yes. uh, doctor, uh, maybe at best you're getting an annual exam. They haven't done blood work beforehand. They measure your blood pressure when you come in the door. And unless you've got something catastrophically wrong, out the door you go uh, and you wait another year to see them. That makes absolutely no sense. 
Uh, and what ends up happening is people come in only when they've got a catastrophic illness that not only is then expensive to treat, but quite frankly, in many cases is untreatable, you know, too little, too late. So again, our goal is to start looking at our patients and engage our patients early in the cycle. Let's take care of them before they're sick. And we think that's the best strategy, uh, again, to improve health span. Yeah, I love that you said uh, sick care, because uh, that's truly what it is. That's all we're taking care of is, is when we're sick. Um, and, you know, you also mentioned that it makes no sense, but it, it does make sense to the drug companies. And that's uh, what's the, you know, sad truth. And, um, you know, and, and I think in many of the listeners, everyone can relate to somebody, uh, whether they know in their own families that you mentioned Alzheimer's. Uh, I went through that with my father. Uh, I lost a brother to cancer. I've lost several, uh, you know, uh, uncles, cousins to cancer. And, you know, there's, there's endless amounts of disease that can be either eliminated altogether, or certainly reversed in, uh, in their speed, right? You know, th- there are two ways of looking at this. Uh, if we're talking about improving lifespan or health span, obviously the step one is making sure that you don't die prematurely of something that we can avoid. So one of the cornerstones of Fountain's approach is um, uh, early and broad diagnostics. We want to know that you've got a cancer brewing well before the tumor shows up because you know a limb went numb or your vision went blurry. And, and again, if you think about most cases uh, that we know anecdotally from your friends and family, that's what happens. How often can you name a situation where somebody with cancer was detected early before it had some sort of catastrophic consequence? Uh, not very often. And, and again, if you're a fountain client, you'll go through an annual MRI, you'll go through detailed uh, blood diagnostics, looking for those early signals of cancer or other chronic diseases at a time when we can treat more effectively. You know, and, and this is something that uh, I have heard for several years, this, this you know, human longevity. And the, the first time I heard it, I believe it was five or six years ago, that this was going to be possible one day to start reversing aging. And, um, and even at that time, you know, there was, there was some things that you could start doing in the process. And, and it was just like, it was mind-blowing to me that that was even uh, – a possible concept, but it makes complete sense and logic when, you know, as you're going to go through and explain to us a little bit about, you know, educating us on reverse aging here shortly, but, you know, it, it's becoming year after year after year, it's becoming more and more and more possible. And what I love about what Fountain is doing is, you know, you're really at that forefront of what is going to become uh, available uh, to the masses on a level that, you know, we're, we're going to move away from sick care to really health care, proper health care, um, proactive health care. Uh, and, and my assumption is we're not that far away from our whole mindset shift about how we see that uh, in our future and not, not going into doctors when we're sick, but taking care of those things so we rarely get sick. Um, it's... it's uh, I, I love that you're on the cutting edge of this. And, and so 
new in the process. So tell us, if you can, a little bit about um, educating us on reverse aging and, ha and how this, you know, how this is even possible, because I'm sure most of the listeners have never even heard of this or that this is possible. So, Yeah, Randy. So you, you said a couple of times reverse aging. Um, and, and honestly, that might be a little bit of a lofty goal. Uh, I look at it rather, uh, at least in the near term, as slowing down the rate of aging rather than reversing it. So sure, I'm sure. not sure we're at what we call uh, escape velocity, right? That we can actually turn around and reverse your aging. I do think that's coming. It will be um, possible though. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that. I mean, there, there's increasing evidence that we can do that. But what, you know, I think the real question for your listeners is, well, what's here available to me today, not five years, not sure. 10 years out? And, and that's ultimately Fountain's mission statement is to be a trusted partner in your aging that can help um, a, a client differentiate between what science and what science fiction. And if you have a product or a service or an, or an approach that's under our umbrella, you know, let's face it, not everybody understands the details of stem cells or GDF-11 or metformin or intermittent fasting, right? You read something about that in the newspaper every day, um, but we don't necessarily understand the risks or the benefits of that. And that's Fountain's uh, uh, you know, reason for being is to help sift through, find the things that are science, not science fiction, find the things that are safe and effective and be that trusted partner in aging. But all of that comes back to you know, the, the concept that you were just highlighting, which is new. Most people don't necessarily recognize you can change the trajectory of your aging today. And quite frankly, what one of the other key points of our approach is, this is a little bit like uh, saving for retirement. Um, you don't want to go to a guy that's 55 years old or 65 years old and say, you know, gee, uh, time to start saving for retirement. We can do that, but obviously that's a little bit more aggressive uh, interventional plan for the 55 or 65 or 75-year-old person. And it's the same with your health care. Um, wouldn't it be great if we could start educating people to this fact that you can change and improve the trajectory of your aging and start making small changes when you're 35 or 45, not necessarily waiting Till you're 75 and and all that does quite frankly it makes my job easier if my goal at the end of the day is to improve your health span stretch out your income earning potential um you know maintain your health status longer and longer um the earlier you start making these changes the earlier you start paying attention to it the better off you are when you are 55 and then we start rolling in some of these more aggressive therapeutic platforms so an early start and an early education is uh, certainly a core part of our belief system and a, and a core part of our model. And so, so without getting into the, um, the more challenging aspects of uh, this slowing down the aging process, uh, what can our listeners be doing or what should they be doing today? I mean, we know, we know all, all the, the basic things, eating healthy, exercise, and, and things like that. But what are, what are kind of the, the fundamental or the, you know, kind of um, foundational things that we should be doing today if we want to get ahead of this game and make sure we're doing it on a regular basis? Yeah, so I, I think ultimately the question boils down to 
What are the tools that I have available to me to change the trajectory of my aging? Um, I'll start by saying there's a terrific book by Professor David Sinclair called Lifespan. Um, great audio book um, that, that all of your listeners should listen to. In my mind, that's really the, the Bible of anti-aging approaches. And he goes through a spectrum of different technologies. Um, uh, but I sort of categorize these into um, two or possibly three different buckets. The first and most obvious is what you just started to highlight. And you sort of brushed over it. You said, oh, well, gee, we all know lifestyle changes. Um, you know, it's remarkable. Well, we know it, but it doesn't happen, right? Well, exactly. And, you know, so I, I don't need to get uh, professorial on your podcast <laughs> here and start lecturing your poor listeners to get up off the couch and exercise more and eat more. Um, but that's a, uh, or eat, <laughs> eat more healthy. Um, that's it, you know, a cornerstone of our approach. Lifestyle changes can have the most dramatic impact. And we'll talk about this a little bit later in the podcast, but we that realize proper that, sleep, right? So, and I think yeah, okay. sleep is one that gets brushed over as well um, far too often. And, and it's not looked at as, as very important. Not only brushed over, but almost to the contrary, uh, you've got a lot of hard driving entrepreneurial yep. listeners. Most of them, like myself, have prided themselves and I work hard. I only sleep four hours a day. I'm really a hard charger. Um, guess what? We're increasingly learning that that dramatically decreases your productivity today and perhaps more importantly, decreases your productivity tomorrow, meaning, you know, 20 years down the line of poor sleep habits, uh, guess what? You've got one foot in the grave when you're 68 years old instead of being uh, still at work getting the job done. So um, uh, one might make the case that sleep is the most important uh, cornerstone of that uh, aging. But uh, Randy, what I was starting to say, and this will be a segue into what we talk about later, one of the challenges with lifestyle changes is that uh, with the possible exception of sleep, you don't really get the benefit of knowing the impact of a good diet or a good meal or even conversely the other way, right? You sit on the couch and eat potato chips all day. It's a long, slow decline, right? Your, your weight gains a little bit. If you um, had a horrific stomach ache every time you ate potato chips and sat on the couch, uh, you probably would change that behavior very quickly. The problem is we don't have that. And in fact, to the contrary, from an evolutionary point of, point of view, um, that's rewarded. That feels good. It tastes good. So we've got a lot of evolutionary pressures that, in fact, encourage unhealthy habits. So one of the keys that we're trying to develop are tools that uh, enable our clients to get more or less real-time feedback uh, on the state of their aging, the rate of their aging, and insights into what's impacting that, right? So um, it'd be nice, wouldn't it, if you could see, wow, the 20-minute workout that I just did, that actually has an impact. It adds minutes to my health span. It adds minutes to my life. So 
you know, I'm not sure the science is, is so accurate that it can predict on a day-to-day basis if that was two minutes of added health span or four minutes. Um, but anecdotally, we know that to be true. And if you start looking at that dashboard over a two-month or two-year period, it's remarkable how accurate that is. So again, we'll talk about that in more detail, but we have tools to show people uh, how these lifestyle or therapeutic interventions are impacting their aging. So the the point to all of that is one bucket is uh, lifestyle changes, and we're certainly trying to encourage people to recognize and understand and react to the importance of that. And then, of course, what I think you are starting to uh, uh, target is what are the therapeutic options? What are the drugs? What are the devices? What are the interventions that we can make that train, change the trajectory of aging? Um, and again, uh, David Sinclair's book gives a terrific overview of, of this. Um, but there are probably a half a dozen or a dozen meaningful technologies that are coming down the pipe in the next couple of years. There's changes to uh, signaling pathways called mTOR. There are uh, molecules in the blood uh, like GDF-11 that are linked uh, to aging. Um, Sirtuins and NAD uh, supplementation, and and that's actually something that you can do today. The mTOR and GDF-11, those are probably a year or two out uh, from from human access. uh, the NAD stimulants uh, uh, and the sirtuins that's available today. Um, what we are largely focused on uh, at Fountain are different regenerative medicine tools, and in particular, stem cell therapies. Um, and, and, and we can talk again about stem cells specifically, but just on a very generic note, I'll say stem cells provide the body's regenerative engine. Um, so as you get old, that reservoir of stem cells is massively depleted. And with it, we deplete the body's regenerative capacity. So almost every pillar of aging, directly or indirectly, is linked back to the depletion of the stem cell reservoir. So uh, a huge part of our business, especially for clients that are kind of in that 50 to 65 uh, or older uh, age group, we look at restoring the stem cell reservoir as one of the most important and valuable tools that we have available to, uh, again, maybe not reverse aging, but, but dramatically slow it down. And when you get into uh, uh, the stem cell conversation, you know, I, I think we, we've, we've all heard stem cells, but it's something of, uh, you know, it's, it's fairly elusive in terms of, you know, what, what that, really means and and how you you know create them and how you then inject and you know what does it do for me and you know could you get into a little bit about because i know you and i have had conversations the stem cell conversation and and where to even get your stem cells and why and you know um i know there's a, a this is maybe a much bigger conversation at some point but um can you give us a, a snippet of the, the stem cell conversation that'll give us a, a you know, brief insight that, you know, we don't have right now before this conversation. Yeah, Randy, and you, you really hit it on the head. This is a massively complex issue. And again, your average consumer really has no 
true understanding. I, I was at the Hilton Hotel in Beverly Hills a few days ago, and under the glass at the check-in counter was an offer for stem cell therapies for $3,500 that could be delivered in my room. Uh, and in <laughs> fact, uh, and, and as a consumer at a Hilton Hotel, you would think that that's a credible treatment platform. In fact, something like that is not delivering stem cells at all. So I think the first point to make is, again, this is a very complex field, and it highlights some of the reasons for Fountain's existence. We want to help clients navigate what's real science versus a $3,500 swipe of your credit card that's going to do nothing. But if we drill down really on what's the state of the stem cell field and, and what's our particular view of it, I'll start by saying um, almost the entire field of stem cells in the last 20 years that we've been injecting them into humans has been this reactive model. You show up at the clinic with late stage Alzheimer's and you throw a Hail Mary and you try to inject stem cells. You have a massive stroke and you go to the clinic and you inject stem cells. We know that these cells are massively bioactive. They trigger repair. Uh, and, and they can help regenerate damaged tissues. Um, but I would argue, and, and in fact, I, I largely got the job at Fountain based on uh, this, this concept that I'm about to explain. Um, I looked at that and I said, again, this reactive model of injecting you know, 50 million cells or 100 million cells trying to repair damage, let's, let's take um, you know, Alzheimer's again, uh, that's cumulative damage over decades. You've got billions of cells that are damaged. I think it's very optimistic to think that a single injection of 50 or 100 million cells is magically going to reverse that damage. If we look at that through a different lens and we come back to this model of why don't we shift this to a proactive treatment strategy, would it be better if 10 years before the onset of symptoms of a neurodegenerative disease, I started injecting cells that could, um, you know, for every three steps forward of damage, I could step back one step of repair. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. And from a scientific perspective, do I have a higher likelihood of curing Alzheimer's 10 years after, you know, the, the onset of symptoms? Or do I have a, a higher likelihood of delaying the onset of symptoms by 10 years? Uh, I, I think most scientists would agree the preventative maintenance model uh, probably has a much higher probability of working than that Hail Mary shot that we're doing today. But yet the entire stem cell industry today is focused around this reactive model. And so increasingly there are people like Fountain that are starting to look at this proactively and saying, hey, you've got thinning cartilage, you might be a joint replacement candidate in the next few years, terrific, let's start doing stem cell injections proactively directly into that joint, rather than waiting until you're bone on bone and you've been scheduled for joint replacement. That's the mindset shift that we're trying to encourage people to uh, think about, whether it's, uh, again, a chronic disease or a degenerative disease like, uh, Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, or um, you know, even even an acute injury like a heart attack, one could make the argument that repairing the endothelium, repairing the capillary network, 
would have a positive impact in delaying the onset of cardiovascular disease. So irrespective of the specific source of the cells, I think the first um, data point that we need to be thinking about in the, the conversation of stem cells is when do you use them? And we're trying to argue early on. The next I mean, question, logic, would, logic would certainly say that would be the right time. Right, but, but I mean, it yet. just makes no sense otherwise. Uh, you know, to, yeah. to to try and I and I know you know five and ten years from now we're going to be able to treat you know the the Alzheimer's patient after the fact as well because it's that's starting to happen. But um, you know, the, well, and, being and proactive is going to be important. Trying to do an intervention into that patient from a healthier point, right? I, I'd rather God, that yeah. patient be at fifty percent. Uh, than a hundred percent. If I'm trying to, um, you know, deliver a drug or some other uh, therapeutic. So uh, again, the point to all of that is this mindset of early intervention. I think is critical. And I think but, what what resonates with me there with uh, with our listeners and the audience is, you know, how many contractors, hardworking contractors, are out there with. Um, you know, knees that are bad, that are elbows and joints and cartilage and, you know, that um, we're surely will have to be replaced one day, but maybe not, <laughs> you know, maybe not if, if, if they're able to start uh, doing some stem cells in advance. Yeah, Randy, you know, I was talking a lot about neurodegenerative diseases or cardiovascular disease simply because those are, uh, you know, the big targets. The big ones, yeah. Yeah. Um, but within your audience, I would probably shift that discussion to what you were just highlighting, which is mobility and strength. Um, mobility is probably the um, uh, highest correlated reason to stop work with your audience. And strength overall and muscle mass overall is uh, highly, highly correlated. I think actually the highest uh, correlated factor to um, poor aging outcomes. So in other words, as you lose strength and muscle mass, that's a, um, a highly correlated predictor of poor aging. And here again, so that, that's a, a condition called sarcopenia, which basically just um, you know, links to frail, aging frailty. Um, stem cells are linked to uh, maintaining muscle mass. So again, it's an obvious statement to say, do I want to wait uh, 10 years into this loss of strength and loss of muscle mass to try to start repairing it? Or do I want to shift in an, an earlier intervention um, and, and, you know, if not reverse it, at least slow the rate of decline? Love it. I love it. Um, I think, can we jump into the um uh, this whole app uh, that you're developing, the gamification of aging through this app. And I think for me, uh, what, what I love most about this is, is the fact that, you know, if you can play this game of figuring out um, the activities and the things that you're doing in your day-to-day, -day, if they're actually having a positive or negative effect on your aging, is really interesting. And it's no different to me than what we refer to as feeding time with, uh, with our client bases around, you know, feeding the brain with um, great content that helps them become better entrepreneurs. You know, if you could 
if you could project out by consuming content on a daily basis over time, how that's going to affect your, you as an entrepreneur long term would certainly be a reason for consuming more great content um, and starting to understand what that content is and how it affects them long term. So I think that kind of relates to me to this gamification of aging um, through your app. So maybe you can dive into that a bit for us. Yeah, Randy, you know, I obviously love to talk about the science and, and roll my sleeves up and, and get into the details of that. But perhaps at the end of the day, the app that, that we referenced earlier in the, in the chat is the most important part of our, um, uh, you know, therapeutic offering or of our program. And the reason for that, you called it gamification of aging. And I, I, I love that. I get totally energized when I talk about this concept. And the whole point is, what if you had a dashboard that could show you on a day-to-day -day basis um, what the impact of your lifestyle and therapeutic interventions is, and a dashboard that shows you in real time the rate of your aging? And that's exactly what we've developed. So the uh, first step in our program is we link you up to an Apple Watch to look at your activity and heart rate data. We hook you up to an Aura Ring to look at your sleep data. Uh, we do uh, blood tests where we look at 30 to, uh, 35 different biomarkers of aging. And then we do what's called a DNA methylation test, uh, which looks more or less at cellular age. This gives us a baseline snapshot, number one, of what your biological age is. But more importantly, you know, irrespective of whether that biological age is higher or lower than your actual chronological age, it gives you a starting point and it gives you tools of um, how to improve that. And it might be something as simple as, you know, wow, we, we see in your blood biomarkers, your uh, glucose and A1C and cholesterol are high, and that's driving an acceleration of your aging. Um, Terrific. Now you've got a data point that says, man, I really need to pay attention to my diet. And three months later, we do another uh, blood test and we look at how those blood markers might have shifted. And that has an impact in your aging. And so while that particular example might not be real time, it's a once every couple of months snapshot of the impact that your diet and your other lifestyle um, uh, activities has had on your aging. And I think this makes um, a tremendous impact in um, compliance. So, so we all have choice, have, right? So we yeah. all have choice. And going down this road, do we choose to do, do we choose to change our behavior or do we choose to continue knowing what we know now and multiply that out for the next 10 years? Where does that put us? And, and there's a great study that was done by an insurance company called Vitality. I think they had something like 400,000 um, uh, uh, patients that they enrolled in the study. And essentially what they did is they gave them an Apple Watch and they said, if you meet your activity goals, you get to keep this $500 watch. You wouldn't, you know, if you'd have asked me if that would have changed people's behavior, uh, I would have said, oh, you know, it will for a week or two. Uh, and then the novelty of having the watch wears off. Um, in fact, it was dramatic changes to their population. And more importantly, the biggest changes in lifestyle and behavior were in the at 
at-risk population, so those that were obese wow. or had cardiovascular disease. So the point is, these wearable tools and these other blood tests that we're doing that feeds information back through that same wearable or your watch, those change behavior. So being aware of the impact of what you're doing and aware of the impact of the therapeutics that we're delivering is a terrific way to get people to change lifestyle and change the way they're looking at their aging. And, you know, not only do I want my 45 to 65 year old clients that are receiving stem cells and receiving other therapeutics from us, I want those guys to wear the watch and use the app. But I want every 35 year old person on the planet to be running our app. And again, it's just like putting five bucks in the cookie jar every week when you're 35. That puts you in pretty good shape for retirement when you're 65. If you're following that app, wearing that watch, watching the way you sleep, guess what? When you're 45 or 50 uh, and show up at my doorstep, you're not. 60 pounds overweight, you haven't worn out all of your cartilage, uh, your cholesterol's not through the roof. Uh, I've made maybe it's just a two or three percent um, change to your health status, but when you amplify that, uh, you know, over a 10 or 20 or 30 year period, the impact of those small changes can be massive. So, again, we're interested in partnering with people early. And one of our key taglines at Fountain is a lifelong, long life membership. And that's how we want people to view this. And that's the uh, mindset of, as you said, the gamification of aging that we're trying to communicate. So as we wrap up here, I, I would like to know, so I'm, we're, in, we're in Canada ourselves. There's a lot of listeners here in Canada. I know you're in the U.S. You're also in you know, several other locations, but... If we're in the U.S., can we do our blood work here? Can we send it down to you? What's the, you know, what, how do, how, if, if anyone were interested to get started with you, what's the, what's, what's a couple of steps we need to take? And yeah, Randy, so, so thanks for giving me the pathway to a shameless plug. Sure. Um, we are. Well, I, I, and I think, you know, the, the shameless plug to me is the fact that, um, you know, anybody that's interested in this should have an opportunity. And to me, it would be, um, you know, an absolute disservice if, if we didn't give them that opportunity. So, yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. I was just starting to say we're a new company, so we haven't fully launched all of our marketing. We've got a landing page at www.fountainlife.com where you can put in your uh, email address and then we'll follow up with, um, you know, how you would enroll in this initial uh, data collection and uh, app program. We'll be launching the app uh, on the app on the Apple App Store uh, in probably eight to twelve weeks. Um, but we can actually start collecting the baseline data today, and and in fact, that's what we're encouraging our clients to do because I would prefer that we collect data from people in their current lifestyle today. The problem, if they're looking at that dashboard and looking at that app, well, already they're starting to move the target, and so the baseline has been skewed a little bit. So in our ideal world, we send out the blood work request, which we can do in Canada um, uh, or here in the US. That's a simple you know, uh, uh, blood test that you can walk down to your uh, friendly LabCorp or Quest or other uh, uh, blood draw and get that test done. Um, and we start collecting that 
uh, data, and then we have a consultation roughly eight or 12 weeks uh, uh, after we've been collecting all of that data. Now we can start making meaningful recommendations, again, based on an accurate baseline. I love it. Uh, Todd, thanks so much for uh, uh, sharing wisdom, knowledge, insights today, giving us some uh, uh, a lot to chew on and think about as we move forward in our day-to-days and the choices we make every day. Um, I think um, one of the biggest takeaways, uh, well, there were several, um, but, but one that I know that can have an impact and everyone can do today and they don't need more money or time or, you know, to, to, to go about doing it, what they need is just better sleep and that's going to make a big impact. And he said, that's where one of the, the, the biggest impacts you can have is actually better sleep. Yeah, and, and Randy, if nothing else, I hope I inspired uh, your listeners to, if nothing else, keep an eye on the App Store to download this Fountain yes. Life app and start tracking it and being aware of it. You're not going to change the trajectory of your aging if you're not monitoring and watching it. And as you said, irrespective of how much cash you've got in your wallet, irrespective of what your lifestyle looks like, that's something that everybody can do. And you know, while we're obviously a commercial venture and, and we hope to um, you know, make money while we're hel- uh, helping people, um, certainly our goal is to bring this mindset to the masses and via that app and this concept of gamifying your aging, we think that's a terrific way of bringing this concept to the masses. You love it. Can you give us that that website one more time as well, where we can uh, get our name and email in and start uh, doing some of our own this tracking with through you? Yeah, it's www.fountainlife.com, or you can also email us directly just at info at fountainlife.com. Todd, thanks so much, man. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate your time sharing today. Randy, likewise, thanks so much. I appreciate you having me on the show. If you enjoyed today's podcast and would like to learn more about how to get off the hamster wheel of your business, visit us at fulllevelcoach.com forward slash learn more. You can access tools that will help you enjoy more time, money, and freedom in your own business. You can also book a strategy session with our owner and entrepreneur, Randy Stanbury. Thanks for listening.